This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on water. And dryer coverage. Just call 1 800 686 3910. That's 1 800 686 3910. Again, 1 800 686 3910. Call now. Stu, triple eight seven two seven back eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. The Clinton email count now on classifieds barely at three oh five. Well, and counting started at two. Yeah, well, started at zero. Then it went to two. Then it went to six. six. And yesterday it was sixty, mm-hmm. and now it's three hundred and five. Right. So but it's uh, increasing exponentially. Now she's never done it. She is. No, 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 no. As we just. No. We just saw, um, uh, you know, uh, no. over and over again with mm-hmm. her her uh, statements. Hey, <clears throat> she's never sent or received. I mean, she went as far. That was that was an amazing part. I was watching a clip uh, this morning, uh, and she says not only did she never send classified, she never received it. I mean, she really went out on a limb to say there were zero exceptions mm-hmm. to this. You know, look if some idiot at the state department sends you something classified that's not your fault right like she could easily say look i didn't send anything there were people who sent me stuff but i mean what was i supposed to do about this i can't stop an email from coming in no she never received one pat mm-hmm. not one mm-hmm. never received one except the now 305 with potentially classified. oh that isn't one is it so she's technically correct well she actually just said i never received oh. Oh, okay. Or sent classified. She didn't say I never received one. No, I don't think so. I, I didn't receive one. No, I received like thousands. That would be truthful, right? So, so you know she didn't say that because that would be truthful, right? Mm-hmm. So she, yeah, and we know she is never truthful. Right. Uh, in the court filing, the State Department said it is uh, getting back on schedule for publicly releasing the Clinton emails after falling more than a thousand pages behind in July. Uh, we're taking this very seriously. According to John Kirby, who's a department spokesman, though he refused to call the revelations of classified emails uh, troubling at this point. That's, it's not troubling yet. I don't know at what point it becomes troubling to these people, to these idiots, but uh, it's not yet, apparently. The department's next challenge will come later this week. Federal judges scheduled a hearing for Thursday when officials 
will have to detail the steps they've taken to try to track down all of the messages and any other electronics that might still hold messages. And uh, the two top personal aides, Huba Abedin and Cheryl Mills, uh, all of their emails are apparently being checked as well. Meanwhile, Americans are pretty confused by all this, and of course they are. I mean, what does it all mean? What can you do? The servers, the personal servers, as opposed to the government servers and all of that stuff. It, it, it's a complicated mess. It's not a sexy scandal. It's not something you can readily jump into and say, yeah, I absolutely think she's deplorable on this. Most people don't really know what the deal is. Yeah, and I, say, I still honestly think it's, it's not to the level yet that it is uh, campaign destroying. You know, as much as I would like it to get to the point where she, it destroys her campaign and we actually get a good president, the bottom line is, if even if she received and uh, sent classified information, if she didn't do anything wrong in that classified information, mm-hmm. you know, just just the idea that she broke the potential threat of someone hacking into her system and she broke protocol on that is not to the level where she doesn't get to be president if the American people want her. I mean, it's, it's just not mm-hmm. that to that level. It's disturbing because she's being um, incompetent. It's disturbing because she's being um, uh, reckless. But the bottom line is, unless you find she did something in these emails where she was like, she, it was hidden because she did something about Benghazi, because she did something about a bigger issue. I don't think it's really going to catch on. This is just the beginning of this, though. Again, we were told there was nothing there, and now there's 305 emails. So right. this thing may very well grow into a scandal that's uh, <laughs> worthwhile, but it's not at this point. I don't think it's actually there. As, yeah. as, as troubling as, like, the, the hints are, you know, like, she's obviously covering something. But unless we find out what she's covering, this isn't a real scandal to the American people. Right. Her latest uh, statement is, I did what other, what other secretaries of state have done. I was permitted to and used personal a personal email, and obviously in retrospect, given all the concerns that have been raised, it would have probably been smarter not to. But I never sent nor received any classified email, nothing marked classified. So she intri- continues to, to stand on that. That's also a, uh, I don't know what that means exactly, because I don't know the jargon of the inside world of mm-hmm. the State Department. But that's a, the way she phrases that is her catching herself. At least that's what I think. But I never sent or received any classified email. Nothing marked classified. Like, she's making some sort of distinction between yeah, classified email and something that's marked classified. And this is mm-hmm. the, the point uh, that Glenn was making fun of me for uh, last week on the radio when I was trying to point out. is like, to try to get that process to get it marked classified, there's that, there's that hurdle to go through. And she's saying, seemingly to me there... She may have received and got, sent classified email, but it wasn't marked classified yet, and that's her distinction so far. Um, again, it's the definition of is. This family knows that. They know that game. And uh, she seems to be uh, employing it here. But I, again, I don't know. We're, it's too early, and the fact that we don't even understand the scandal yet is, uh, is evidence that the, the American people who... You know, never even jumped on board of things really like the IRS scandal or Benghazi or any of that stuff. I mean, they're certainly not going to get there yet. So at this point, I mean, I just think this is just bubbling under for people like us to talk about. It's not even out there really to the American people yet and to the level that they would consider it as far as making their vote. I I just think it's just this kind of thing you hear about from time to time. And that's about it right now. Now, Business Insider is saying that this probe uh, of her server could find more than just emails. 
and and that might be a concern for Hillary as well. Hardcore porn. Um, She's been maybe, watching lots of porn. Maybe. Uh, imagine that's what, that's what it comes out with. Like they don't find anything. Uh, it would be bad. interesting. She's just on uh, Jeffy's websites like 24 hours a day. <laughs> Like in between meetings with the dignitaries, she's just popping onto porn mm -hmm. sites. Mm -hmm. If that's that would be that would be an interesting that would be scale. Fantastic. And they're just all Jeffy's sites, and it helps boost his traffic. <laughs> Is that possible? I hope so. Oh, yeah, I bet you do. I hope so. <laughs> the bureau is holding the machine uh, in protective custody after intelligence communities inspector general raised concerns that classified information had traversed the system. What hasn't been released? Data that could show how her secure system uh, was, how secure her system was, and whether somebody tried to break in, who else had accounts on her system, etc. Uh, a lawyer for Platte River Networks, the Colorado-based uh, computer server that put it in, said uh, that they've been man they started managing the Clinton server in 2013. Uh, many physical details of the server remain unknown, such as whether its data was backed up, although. They really think there's a good chance because the company that put it in said, yeah, we've probably backed it up. I guess that's their practice. <laughs> uh, investigators who examine her server might find all sorts of information. Hmm. How it was configured, whether it received necessary security updates to mm -hmm. fix vulnerabilities, mm -hmm. uh, whether anybody tried to access it without permission. Mm, porn. Servers, uh, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Servers integral re registry could also provide hints of whether <laughs> hackers penetrated the service security so what if it was just like she just plays like uh, like she's on doing trivia crack all the time she's just completely addicted so like i'd probably have more respect for her <laughs> you probably would this I'd would be the most would. likable thing that ever happened yeah but she's just in the middle of meetings with dignitaries she's just mm -hmm. constantly playing and that's what they find on the server there's all sorts of fun stuff that you can find on servers right jeffy why bring me into this? I mean, <laughs> private servers are private servers. <laughs> mm, mm. Meanwhile, on the Republican mm. side of this ledger, uh, Donald Trump continues to lead the pack. Uh, CNN ORC poll released yesterday, uh, or actually this morning, shows that uh, Trump receives 24% support from registered Republican voters. He's 11 points ahead of Jeb Bush, who's number two at 13%. It, it's still Trump and Bush. I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. They were uh, so Trump, Bush, followed by Ben Carson with nine, Marco Rubio, and Scott Walker at eight. What happened to Ted Cruz's bump here? Uh, it's not existent in this poll because it goes Trump, Bush, Rubio, Walker, Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, Furina, Kasich, and then Huckabee. So that's the top nine. Yeah, I mean, uh, the you get if you get hung up with the order on polls this early, you, you can fall into these things. And I think the media is doing it like crazy. It's like you know, Scott Walker is his campaign's destroyed. Okay, he went from ten to seven percent in a poll, which is within the margin of error, mm -hmm. and he fell down four places because there's seventeen freaking candidates. It's like he didn't really go from second to sixth. He just basically had the same poll as before. And I think a lot of this is happening uh, w with these polls at this point. And I was talking to Pat just before we started the show in that um, I've been kind of look, talking about how Trump, like he crossed 10 percent uh, a little over a month ago. I think it was the 15th of July. He crossed 10 percent. And it feels like we've been talking about Trump for the last 10 years. But really, it's only been a few weeks. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a little bit over a month now. Um, but that's not when he actually took the lead. He took the lead, I think it was on July 20th. So he's led for less than a month. I mean, uh, 
What's today's date? Uh, it is August 18th. 18th. So we haven't even hit a month yet of this. Seems like forever. It seems like the, the earth was formed and then Donald Trump took the lead. Mm -hmm. And we've been talking about it ever since. Seems like he, he took the lead before the earth was yeah, formed. That's true. I just Actually, didn't know how that would happen. Yeah, I don't uh, either. But, but again, we found like out that there was no such thing as a, the Big Bang. Uh, it's, it's eternal. Eternal. Uh, so uh, there you go. Uh, he actually has led eternally. <laughs> um, and it feels that way. But in reality, it's only been a few weeks. And we, these things have a tendency to change in the uh, next, what, what is it, February 1st, I think, is the Iowa caucus? Yeah. Is that the right date? Anyone know? Something like February 1st. So a long freaking time from now is when we're actually going to be voting on this. Uh, lots of time for things. For, maybe he'll become a great candidate by then. Maybe everyone will be incredibly happy with him and he'll have 100% of the vote. It could be that or it could be that he screws up and things fall apart. We'll see. I think that's the much more likely scenario. But mm. we'll, yeah, like we'll you see. said, we'll see. Uh, right now he leads 45 to 8% in who can best handle the economy. 45 to 8 that's amazing. Uh, I mean, Jeb Bush. I understand the economy one because he's rich. Yeah. People say he's right. got a lot of money, so therefore right. he'd be good with the economy. And that's, I mean, uh, that's, that makes at least some sense. However, when you look at his plans for the economy, uh, I think uh, highly questionable whether he'd do a good job with the economy. On illegal immigration, he leads 44 to 12. Uh, that one, again, this is, is his primetime issue, so you kind of expect that. Some on, of this comes from just the fact that he's leading. So. On handling ISIS, he leads 32-16. <laughs> that one's a great one. because What is he? What? Well, I'm going to take their oil fields. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go in there and kick them around and take their oil. Okay, that's a good plan. That's a good plan. Let me know how that works out, Mr. Mm -hmm. Second Grader. It's <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> some of the bad news for Trump. Uh, Republicans, only 38% of Republicans said they have, a, uh, they have a better chance to win the election with Trump as a nominee. 58% said we have a better chance with a different candidate. So at least 58% of Republicans understand the guy's not going to win. Yeah, and I think that's, that's something you don't really consider highly now. It's not... Um, right. People right. don't consider electability at this point. It's really more of, uh, you know, you're like, all it's right, picking, well. picking your guy right, right now. And this is what happens. We, and we get frustrated. We're usually the victims of this. Right. Because you'll have a good candidate and you'll have John McCain. And people will be like, well, yeah, but McCain can win. And then when it comes down to actually, he'll be behind the whole time. And when it comes time to actually vote, McCain wins. And then you're like, crap, now we got John McCain. And then, of course, McCain loses. The electability argument uh, usually burns conservatives uh, this time. Uh, you know, I, I think at this point, people just don't think about that. Like, I, you know, do you think Donald Trump can beat anybody? And I, I don't know. I mean, I certainly don't think there's any chance of him winning a general election. Actually, I don't. I don't think he could beat Bernie Sanders. Well, I mean, every I'm not poll sure that he, he loses to him, if that's any evidence. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, it does not look like, but you know, his negatives are so high. They, they talk about this. The people who look at the, the polling all the time say, don't look at the overall numbers at this point. It, they don't mean anything. It's all about name recognition. It's about, it's about things like that. Look at their negatives, look at their positives and their negatives. And Trump's negatives are worse than every candidate in the field. That does not mm -hmm. mean every candidate just in the Republican field. It means Republican or Democrat, Bernie Sanders included, Hillary Clinton included. Nobody has worse negatives than Donald Trump. Um, he has uh, his, his rating with Hispanics we talked about is 13% positive, 14% negative, and 61% very negative. So it's almost tied. It's almost tied between almost negative tied. and positive. Just that very negative sort of outweighs all of those uh, by just a tad. And it's that's, just, by but, the way, before I mean, if you release. combine negative and very negative, it's right. only 75 to 13, though. 
well, over yeah. negative to but positive. But if you, if you combine very negative and so, positive, it's very close, too. Right. So, so. I'm not, not sure why you do that, but if you did do it, <laughs> I mean, you, <laughs> you might be on to something. Yeah. yeah. So, I, the, I don't think there's, he has any chance to win a, 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 an election. I don't honestly think he has any chance of winning the nomination. Mm. Um, it's just one of those things where this will, this will play itself out. It might take four months Probably, you know, I mean, I'm just putting a number on it. It might take four months before this goes away, um, but that's going to seem like an eternity. Oh, yeah. If it's four I mean, months. It's only been one now. Can you imagine three I'll, more of this? I'll be ready to blow my head off if it takes four months. Triple eight seven two seven back eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. You know, one thing I really believe is that all, all Americans should become more self-reliant <clears throat> and start to get off the grid sooner rather than later. And it's especially true today because these are really scary times, whether it's President Obama's refusal to protect the power grid from terrorist attacks, his attempts to bankrupt the coal industry, or even potential EMP disaster. We have to face the facts. Our power grid is more vulnerable than it's ever been. That's why it's great to be prepared. And I'm urging all of my friends to take some immediate action and prepare right now for the coming power grid problems that could arise at any time. You know, even if it's your power goes out because of weather, it's nice to have power. Do this. Get a solar generator from Solutions from Science. This is amazing. Their solar generators run really quietly. They're, they emit no fumes, and they produce an endless supply of electricity from the sun. They're awesome. They'll run your sump pumps. Uh, shortwave radios, computers, refrigerators, so you can keep all your food from spoiling. These are awesome because when power goes out, sometimes it's two, three days, sometimes it's a week. Uh, we had a hurricane in Houston. It, uh, power was off for two weeks. So if you want to learn more about this, go to patoffgrid.com. That's patoffgrid.com. Use the coupon code PAT for a special half-price offer. Go to patoffgrid.com. Com right now. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Really good rhythm, I think. I think yeah. I have a really, really good rhythm. Mm -hmm. It's Pat and Stu. Welcome to it. Stu, for whatever reason, watched some kind of gaming uh, documentary over the weekend? I did. Right? Uh, it's actually not new, but uh, I had never actually seen the whole thing, which was this uh, King of Kong 
Um, oh man, I, I haven't seen that whole thing either. Yeah, I, it, yeah, was, did you I actually watch the whole thing? It's a fairly well-known documentary, but it's a great, it's an amazing story. King of Kong. Yeah, it's called the King of Kong: Fistful of Quarters, um, and uh, <laughs> it's about. Good. It, it is. It is. I'm telling Sounds you. Good. Basically, it's about um, mm -hmm. these people who, to this day, play Donkey Kong all the time to try to set an all-time record score. And there is some issue because when they created Donkey Kong. They didn't have enough memory to actually finish the game. So when you get to the 22nd board, you start, and about five seconds in, you just die and the game ends. Oh, really? No matter what. Like, you have no barrels near you or anything like that. It's just, they just screwed the game up. So, uh, you know, they didn't have enough memory thinking, no, like, it's apparently an impossible, I don't remember it being impossibly difficult, but apparently it is. Like, it's really, really hard to play. So um, what you have to do, apparently, is take incredible risk to, like if you try really risky tactics throughout the entire game you can try to set a, an all-time score and if you most of the time you're going to die mm -hmm. but if you everything breaks right in a specific game you can set the all-time score the all-time score was set in 1982 of like 870,000 that's the all that was all-time highest score ever until this guy um, who was uh, in his garage bought an arcade game of Donkey Kong and decided to try to set the all-time score and got over a million for the first time. So there's apparently this really... The documented? What's that? Is that well, documented? That's, this, you're laughing. This is so, there's, a, there's this really nerdy, like, central video game yeah. society that validates high scores in yeah. games. So this guy sent in a videotape of the entire game, of him playing this two-hour game. And as he's about to set the record... <laughs> you can hear it on the tape. His kid starts coming down the stairs and going, Daddy! And he's trying to, like, focus and actually play this game. Mm. Um, and the kid actually wants him to wipe his butt in the middle of the game. He's, like, trying to have this conversation as he's trying to set this all-time record yeah. score. Uh, and, and he's saying things like, uh, just Bring down some toilet paper! And <laughs> it's really <laughs> hilarious. So anyway, he goes through this, sends the tape in. He gets the high score. When he's at work, two people from the video game society come to his house, get entry to his garage, and invalidate the unit he's playing on. So he loses the high score, oh, and it wow. goes back to this guy from 1982 who refuses to play against him. Why did they invalidate his game? He had in his garage a package from another guy who was enemies with the guy who held the record. So the concept was that he manipulated the game to lie about his high score with no evidence. Wow. So he loses this high score, uh, then decides to go to this, uh, apparently this like central gaming arcade where this is where the official record was set. It's mm -hmm. bizarre. It's a whole other world. And he goes and he plays and sets another record. So he sets this, finally sets <clears> the record and beats the 874,000 from 1982, right? Um, uh, and I am giving away the entire movie, but it's, it's been out for almost 10 years now. So... Uh, he, uh, he sets this record in the arcade. He's very proud of himself. And he's portrayed as kind of this guy who is a likable guy but constantly winds up not getting what he wants. Like, he always fails at the last minute. So as he's setting this record, the guy from 1982 sets a, sends a separate uh, tape of him setting a record. Oh, no. So he loses the record again. Oh, man. Um, Kong Wars. Yeah. And they go back and forth, and they, like, it, it's kind of portrayed. The, the guy who was, had the original record is hilariously. He's, like, he looks <clears> like he's still in 1982. 
so the, it's a great documentary. And f since the documentary ended, um, people got inspired by this. And oh, now nice. a lot of new players come in. And they've all wiped out all of these guys' records. Oh, really? Yeah. And so they've now set what they believe to be the perfect score of Donkey Kong, which is like 1.265 million. It's like the perfect Nobody score. Can get it. Yeah, you're not going to be and able to get any more than that. someone's been able to get to like 1.14 million now. And these guys are just obsessively playing this all the time to try to get to this perfect score, this, like, holy it's, grail. It's Donkey Kong. Right, right? exactly. They know, they know that there's no money involved. I, I, right, there really I mean, isn't. There's, you know. Oh, you, you, pay, you could pay for appearances probably to show up. You, I you guess, the record, yeah. maybe. You yeah. could kind of understand some of these guys. I mean, we were surprised a couple of weeks ago, remember, by some of these guys making a million dollars gaming and, yeah. and all of that on the Internet. So they, they've done another, uh, I, I don't know if it's as compelling as a Donkey Kong uh, documentary, but... <laughs> Uh, League of Legends uh, has, Business Insider has put out a documentary called League of Millions in which uh, five young pros who make up Team Liquid, one of the leading North American League of Legends teams, in their quest to win the 2015 championship and win a bunch of money. Here's a, here's a look at the documentary. This could be it. Team Solomon looking to dethrone Cloud9 as the North look at all the people American there. champions. What's always motivated me is I wanted to just be the best, the best in my position, or be on the best team. I wanted to be able to win um, as bad as possible. Winning it means so much for everybody. Like when we feel like we aren't winning, then that means something is wrong. Nowadays, it's a lifestyle. It's something that people think about when they wake up in the morning, and it is really just changed the way that people interact socially. We drove down here from Washington. 18-hour drive. Yeah. yeah, I've been playing since it came out. I've only been playing two years. It's the quality of the interactive experience. That's where that magic is. The 2014 World Champions! Wow. <laughs> These guys make a wow. lot. They can make a lot of money doing this. this I mean, this is just at the beginning. I mean, this is Nerd Central. It might be, but rich wow. Nerd Central after a while. And, I, I uh, guess. You know, there's as Jeffy will tell you, uh, you can be the worst person on earth, but if you have money, I mean, you, you are, would still be the worst person on earth, but I mean, it, it's a better life. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Please. <laughs> Jeffy's lived both poor and, he, mm -hmm. and really poor. And uh, the poor is oh, better. Yeah, yeah the poor is better. It's much better. <laughs> the poor is better. There's no question. <laughs> uh, here's a closer look at kind of like what these guys go through in this lifestyle. It's amazing. This is the Team Liquid house. Myself and the five players live here. I'm the general manager of the team. And one of my jobs every morning is to wake the guys up. I give like everything I have to these guys. And sometimes it's not as easy as you would like. So how do you want to enforce this wake up rule? I want to make it so that everyone has to be up here by 11 o'clock. Yeah. We should like like him was like a complaint and boss stuff. Diego! Elite Pro Gamers. Uh, they played for US-based Team Liquid in the League of Legends Championship Series. And they have to be up by 11. I went to University of Miami for three years and um, dropped that in my senior year to become a professional gamer. The gaming lifestyle, you try to put as many hours into it as possible. I'd say sure, that yeah. the time that I'm focusing on League per day is probably 14 to 15 hours. Oh, you might only get my. like four or five hours of sleep every night. Gosh. 14 to 15 hours. 
Look, a day. you got to put you got to put time in to be the best. It's true. <laughs> no question about that. And that's the thing I think like you learn from the Donkey Kong thing, which is there are just tasks. Like, oh, man. you want to be the best at something in the world, and it doesn't matter what the thing is. Right. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of achieving mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Now, I can say that... Oh, their family must be proud. Seriously. Their families well, must the, be proud. I don't know if the Donkey Kong people are proud. To play video games 14 or 15 hours a day and only get four hours of sleep, then you've got to be up by 11 in the morning, man. I mean, we just have to ask that you get up that early. Uh, come on now. That's well, they're only getting four hours I know, of sleep. I know it's too much to ask that you get up by 11. But, but it, um, So what are they, are they claiming they stay up till 7 yeah, o'clock in the morning guess, playing games? I guess. I mean. It's crazy. You know, people tend to. Uh, to I mean, I, who knows? Who knows? I guess, that's, I guess that's prime gaming time, right? Uh-huh. Uh, I know that, you know, for Some example. Some people say nothing good happens after 2 a.m. I believe that's exactly the opposite. Shocking. Nothing good happens before 2 (laughs) a.m.? Correct. Um, Is your contention? (laughs) Uh, But, I mean, this happens, you know, another example of this would be uh, online poker, where, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of these guys would go on and make fortunes doing this, playing 20 screens at a time, hands after hand. And they're playing people in other countries, different time zones. I mean,. Look, I, this is, I mean, this is the new world, right? Uh, like, uh, we could all sit here and, and joke about it, and certainly the... the I'm not the doc- joking. These are losers. The, the Donkey Kong thing I don't care how much money they make. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Seriously, know. this is what you're going to do with your life? Really? Uh, come on now. No. No. <laughs> Why? I don't, Look, I don't care if you're I, making a billion dollars oh, a year. I, you're nuts. Stop. Oh, you're nuts. Wait, so, you, so instead, you're going to be, you're going to work in some... Uh, you know, some yes. just some boring Jeff esque job. Yes. And make one gonna, thousandth of the amount of money. Yes. No thanks. I think I'll play video games. Yes. And You're make ring millions. up slurpees well, think, instead of making millions playing games. I think not. They think so too. Here's uh, part three. Twenty-seven million people played every day around the world. Wow. Well, uh, I love it. It's I've never even heard of it. It's competitive. It's, it's exciting. It's new. It's. It's great. My grandkids, grandkids will play League of Legends. Do you see where I'm going with this? And the din was as loud as anything I've ever heard. They do the wave at the League of Legends All-Star game. louder. It just almost blew me down. Everyone was so passionate and screaming. When I was growing up, being passionate about video games meant that you played video games. But now it's so much more than that. It's watching other people play video games. It's aspiring to play it professionally. Pros get food and housing and have many income streams. The total compensation low six money figures. these guys can make huh. if they're in the say top ten money makers is pretty staggering. At the very top would be making close to a million dollars a year. Streaming is broadcasting your personal gameplay online for tens of thousands of people to watch simultaneously. They can make as much as a thousand dollars a night from people who watch them stream, which is huge. I tend to think about my future a lot, and I know that I don't have many real-life skills. I don't think that I would ever be that close <laughs> to other people. At least he's up front of my yeah. skill level in anything else in life, yeah. so this is kind of like my opportunity to just like so. prove to the world that I can be really good at something and that I do have um, the potential to be the best. It's the exact same go. justifications in the, in the Donkey Kong thing. It's, it's just It wasn't mm. about the thing they were doing. It was about being the best at something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. I mean, I, 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 we can all, I, 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 as a video game guy, I like video games. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I do too. Well, you do. I, I do. You do play them. Um, I used to. I don't anymore, but I used to. You used to play them mm-hmm. until very recently, in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I mean, it's I don't know that it's any less than the other dumb hobby that people have. It's like, okay, you go out and you make model airplanes or you crochet or you macrame or whatever. The bottom line, at the end of the day, these guys are making a million dollars doing their macrame thing. It's pretty cool. I would take a million dollars for, uh, for, for playing video games, uh, you know, even if I had to sit there and stream them to people. <laughs> I don't, look, I don't, I don't get it myself. But I'm not going to criticize uh, no people way. for... I mean, again, I there's a, it's harmless. I'm going to. They're not doing anything <laughs> illegal or awful. <laughs> Jeffy makes his money breaking all sorts of laws. Well, that's These not people true. aren't doing that. <laughs> that is not true. Bending all sorts of laws? That is not you... true. Laws are there to... To get around. Know where they're mm -hmm. at. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Donald. <laughs> Trump, uh, to try and begin with one of his pieces of, uh, of intelligence. That's, I mean, that's interesting. I, I had no idea there was uh, a whole gaming world where you could make, the, like, the, the biggest person makes a million dollars. Well, yeah, and this that's doesn't even include the people, like, on YouTube who sit there and stream their video game play and comment on it and make oh, uh, more dude, than that. that is they make all kinds of yeah. money. That guy, the guy who makes $7 million a year, mm -hmm. $7 yeah. million dollars a year, by commenting on other people's uh, games that he that plays, right. that he plays right. and then he just comments on them and walks you through the game, and he has, we discovered, you said nine million. Do you remember this? Uh, was it, or was it you? We were talking about PewDiePie or whatever his name is, and uh, it was it was brought. Oh, I know, it was Dan Andros. Dan was here s substituting for you, mm -hmm. and uh, he said that this kid had nine million subscribers. He has. 37 million subscribers. Wait, 37 million subscribers. This PewDiePie kid who watches video games for a living. He watches the video games, comments on them, and makes seven million dollars a year doing it. And so that came out in some publication. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then all of the other losers online got all pissed off because how dare you make that kind of money doing what you do, your dumb thing. And so he came out and uh, talked about how, uh, well, what? I'm just, you're... You can do I'm, it too. Do You can do it too. They had their big YouTube convention not long ago in, uh, in London. I mean, it was huge. Yeah. And that's one of my favorites. This guy's got, I was just looking to see how many people, one of my favorites, the Cinema Sins guy, he's got almost 5 million subscribers. And what does he do? He comments on movies, what's wrong with them, makes uh, videos of movies and talks about what's wrong with the movies and calls stupid stuff in the movies. And he's really funny. But isn't this, like, this PewDiePie guy, <laughs> I, I, I was so curious the day we talked <laughs> about him. funny about you he's, saying. I know, <laughs> I know. This he's, PewDiePie he's, fellow. I think he's from Sweden or something. But anyway. Uh, I was so curious. I watched a couple of his, you know, just a few minutes worth of his. <laughs> really good? Of his, no. <laughs> no. No, it was not good. I, I couldn't believe 37 million people follow this guy. It's not funny. It's not compelling. It's not anything. It's just him playing the game. And, okay, and then you go over here. And, oh, that's kind of weird. I mean, it's like so what, It's not like hilarious. Like he's like no. coming up with really funny observations about it. Or no. he's like acting out the characters. No. Or He's just saying, you go in here and, yeah. oh, that's weird. <laughs> yes, that's what it looked like to me. Unless I just saw a couple of bad moments from him. Okay. But I watched I'm for sure. 15, 20 minutes uh, a couple of different videos. Because I, I, 
I wanted to see the guy who had 37 million subscribers. I've never heard of that except for Netflix, who's got 37 million subscribers. Yeah. I mean, that's unbelievable. And the guy makes seven million dollars a year doing it. God bless America. Or Sweden, wherever he's from. Triple eight seven two seven back more patents too. Coming up in a sec. So you can do this at home too. Yeah. All you have to Find do is something people if you play video follow. games and you record it, you'll make seven million a year. That's the lesson. You you're the, you're going to do it. It will work for you. No so exceptions. Jeffy, they don't allow your videos on YouTube. All right. Well, um, I don't know about you. I like food. Mm -hmm. Now, video games uh, um, and food are a great combination. Mm -hmm. um, that's, mm -hmm. that's pretty fun. Um, but food itself is good, really, on its own. Uh, and we have now from BuzzFeed uh, the recipes that will actually let you eat your bowl. Because the, the issue I have with food is a lot of times it comes in a container I can't eat. Um, you know, because I want to eat the thing in the container, but then mm -hmm. at the end I want to eat the container because I'm fat and I also don't want to... And you don't want to have to... Get up and... Wash it or put it in the sink. Right. You I, don't want to do that. And by the way, we should really talk, maybe it's another mm -hmm. segment for another day, uh, edible utensils is, is something we need to get going in this country. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. need to have edible forks. I mean, how we don't have that already, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But we need to have some edible forks out there. Here's, uh, here we go. This is quinoa and chickpea stuffed tomatoes. Now, this mm -hmm. is not what we're talking about. Mm. Look, I mean, uh, when mm. I eat that, yeah, sure, I maybe pop one no. of those, but no. that's not a that's not that's not a sexy. Thing. I wouldn't, but then you eat the stuffed tomato, obviously, afterwards, right? Right. So yeah, that's the deal. bowl, and you get okay. to actually eat it. How about papaya quinoa breakfast bowl? A lot of quinoa. Mm. Uh, no, thank you. So you're eating the papaya afterwards? That looks yeah. way too healthy. Uh, <laughs> chicken and pesto stuffed mini peppers, <laughs> stuffed peppers. Now that does not look particularly look good to me, but stuffed me peppers, uh, I really like. Um, we make them with the, there's some like Mexican recipe where it's like rice and beans and things like, and cheese and stuff in the middle. Mm -hmm. Those are really freaking good. Really good. Most things, if you add cheese to the stuffing, you can get through it. You can usually yeah. get, you should really use power through it. <laughs> but the, 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 the pepper is a pretty good container for food. Yeah. Because it's so. good anyway, and then at the end, you just obviously, you're finishing the entire pepper so you don't have to get up. And then, of course, you have to eat the plate. That's another big thing. We get <laughs> edible plates. Can we get some edible plates, please? Uh, here's one that I could eat. Uh, chocolate cookie ice cream cups? Yes. yes. That's a definite yes. Oh, yeah. So you're uh, eating the ice cream, is. and then there's like a, it looks like, it almost looks like a brownie, but they're saying it's a chocolate cookie at the bottom, which that is looks really good. delicious. Uh, grilled barbecue chicken potato skins. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Now, I like, I'm a big fan of potato skins. I mean. Um, I've, I've been getting more and more into barbecue sauce lately. I, it's just so, it's so delicious. It is. It, really, and there's so many yeah. varieties. Have you gone to the places, and I, know, I don't know, I'm sure they're everywhere, but... They have them in Texas, um, where they're just like sort of, a, I don't know, like a taste, a sauce tasting like shop. And you go in there, and they have like crackers or chips all over the place, and then like a zillion different flavors of like barbecue sauce and salsa and mayonnaise and mustard and ketchup and just all sorts of crazy sauces everywhere. And you just walk around the perimeter of these stores, and every station you just take a new little wheat thin or what you know tortilla cracker and put a little bit of that fancy then mm, that's interesting. I'll consider buying that in just a moment. But let me try this next one, and then of course you just leave and you just right. eat like three meals worth of food. Yeah, you can do that at any store. I don't think so. Some stores get a little ticked at you though. Jeffy, you can't do that at every it's store. It's true, you can't just open up the jar and <laughs> dip, the dip no. it and keep no. going. No, no, Jeffrey, we'll, we'll okay. talk about that after. <laughs> Um, can't. That could be a, a source of some of your issues in life. 
watermelon, cucumber, and feta cups. Sounds okay, I guess. Yeah, I can, uh, it's okay. I can pop yeah, a couple I can of those. Eat that. Yeah, I can eat that. I'm a big feta. Is, a, is, is I love feta. Cheese. I'm a big feta guy. Love I don't it. know when that happened. I, know. Feta, I don't feel like I ever had feta before the year 2005. <laughs> no, I don't think I did either. <laughs> did anyone? Was, did it know, exist? Was it a thing? I don't know. And now I swear every other meal. Yeah, I, I mean, always want. It's feta so cheese. good. It is. It's oh. phenomenal. You know, Greece has collapsed as a country, but the feta thing is working out. Yeah, it is. <laughs> their yogurt and their feta cheese. Yes. Those two things have really caught on. Yeah. The yep. Greek yogurt. Can you buy regular yogurt anymore? Is that available? No, I don't think so. I don't think <laughs> the only thing you see I mean, is Greek now. It's only frozen and Greek. Those uh -huh. are the only two types of yogurt you can buy. <laughs> Yo play. Do they still exist? I don't think I, so. I don't, I don't know what happened. No, you can't actually still buy it. Is that right, Jeffy? Yes, you can. Okay. Jeffy was very upset at that yield play don't, reference. Yeah, don't be messing with yield play. <laughs> uh, how about, uh, let's see, where are we? Um, roasted potato cups with loaded guacamole. Ooh. I don't like guacamole. I don't either. I think not, it's disgusting. I'm a big but guac guy. I like the idea good. of eating something out of a potato cup. Yes. <laughs> that I'm into. I could do that. Mm -hmm. Barbecued pulled pork uh, avocado boats. Yeah, again, that's a guacamole oh, issue. I yeah. don't like avocado no. at all. But uh, I could eat the uh, barbecued pulled though. pork out of it, yeah, though. That looks good. And then know. leave the... <laughs> kind of uh, ruins the point <laughs> of the It kind of does, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see, we were at cheesy corn dip stuffed jalapenos. Is that where we are now? Oh, wow. Mm, okay. Well, uh, that looks the, good. The, then you got the s'mores brownie bowls. Oh, yeah. That... That's screaming to me. That screams, yes. <laughs> Eat me. <laughs> um, and then we've got spaghetti squash lasagna boats. I like, I'm a, I will say, a fan yeah. of the spaghetti squash <clears throat> thing for some reason. Squash is good. It's, it's freaking good, especially when you, you put on lots of cheese and sauce. Okay, I like cheese and sauce. Yeah, I think that that's looks, what I'm saying. That looks good. Everybody likes cheese and sauce, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, then you have the skinny chicken enchilada stuffed chilies. Maybe I like the, the, the this yeah, again. We're in the stuffed pepper world. I'm a fan. Yeah, they have the poblano, those roasted poblano uh, peppers that they mm -hmm. have in a lot of places down here in Texas because everything's either Tex or Mex. Right. Uh, and when those two things come together at an intersection, that's a fun place to live. <laughs> uh, I am a big fan. Uh, then you got edible sprinkle bowls. Okay. Uh, what, now sprinkle how, bowls. What hmm. are those made out? Of? I mean, I see the sprinkle coating, but they, is that all sprinkles? The bowl is all sprinkles. Yeah, you glue it together with the Elmer's. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jeffrey, we're going to have you Make try that here. Out of it. <laughs> okay, no problem. Then you got the uh, chili-stuffed acorn squash. Mm. I'm not a big squash guy. Acorn, acorn squash is good, though. I, are you getting the impression I don't like vegetables because I don't, I don't like vegetables? You liked only you like the, the cheese, the meat, and the dessert. <laughs> and the ice cream. Yeah. yeah. Everything but the vegetables you liked yes. in, in this entire segment. Yes. All right, let's take a break. I actually want to talk more food. Can we, is there any other food we can talk about? We're yes. going to find more food things to talk about. We've got actual pictures of food, so we'll Ooh. just show those. We'll yeah. show pictures of food nice. coming up. And, and don't eat the TV this time, Jeff. You know, my, my mom used to make that acorn squash with just brown sugar and butter. Oh, yeah, then it's just dessert. That's just dessert. Speaking of food, we were just talking. <laughs> Stu brought up this thing Boston Market does. Yeah, they with, have a, uh, their sweet potatoes. We're talking about food, yeah. and they have like it's like sweet potatoes with like a good good inch of brown sugar and yeah. then marshmallows on top. If you've ever had, there it's like a dessert. They're unbelievable. 
Um, it's been a long time. Been, yeah, it's been yeah. a while since I've been there, but their gravy and mashed potatoes used to be nuts. Their red potatoes. You ever have their, their red yes. potatoes? are really freaking good. You Boston was, Market is underrated. You know who was is better than reason? Boston Market was Kenny Rogers Roasters. Yes. Which went yeah. totally out of business, but it was so good. Yeah. It was so fast. When that was, it was like it, up and fast. Yeah. Up and fast. It was like see how fast everywhere. It and everybody loved it. Yeah. And then it was nowhere, and it was completely to gone. To the point where it was down. like the focus of a Seinfeld episode. I mean, you think oh, about Oh, was it really? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a, that was a big deal for a It was a, a while. big deal. And then it was just gone. And then gone. So I don't know if he ran it into the ground because he smokes too much pot. Kenny Rogers <laughs> International. What, what happened oh, man, to that? I don't know. We'll have to look that one up. Because it was always packed when we went to Kenny Rogers. Yeah. Roasters. It's yeah. still The there. food was delicious. Those little corn muffins, oh my gosh, those were phenomenal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Franchise, and, and I, I think better food than Boston Market. There are franchise opportunities still available. Are there really? really? <laughs> yeah. Is that real? Are there, KennyRogersRoasters.com right now, yes. So the, are there actual Kenny Rogers Roasters open now? Because I haven't seen locations. one in probably 20 years or more. Let's, let's, uh, let's, oh, let's wow. launch one, a patent stew-themed uh, Kenny yes. Rogers Roasters right here in the studio. Okay. <laughs> I'm all oh. over that. This, yeah, there's, uh, there's in California. Yeah. And then you're looking at uh, Southeast Asia. My guess is somebody <laughs> bought the... Someone bought the yeah. naming rights and is now yeah. using that to put, Probably. you know, someone wants to start. But that's an interesting option. All I, Southeast Asia. At, at its peak, I wonder how many there were because it was everywhere. Oh, it hundreds. I mean, they were everywhere. Or even thousands. Maybe. And then just gone just overnight. Gone. Yeah, we got to look at the history of that. That would be an interesting yeah. thing to look it, up. It really would. Uh, well, we got a couple minutes here before the uh, end of the hour. Uh, let's show you, because um, I don't know why I do this. When I eat something, like I'll take like a Reese's peanut butter cup and mm -hmm. take a big bite. And then I, I like to look at the middle of it. Like, yeah, I, like I, do to, too. Like, I don't know. There's something about like seeing it that is 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 pleasing aesthetically. Uh, so someone actually went through and took pictures of slicing food right down the middle to see what it looks like. Here's some of these pictures. Business Insider has them. Uh, here's ice cream. Oh god, that looks delicious. That does. No look. matter how you look at ice cream, it's going to be good. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know. All right, we got a couple more here. Let's uh, let's go scan through here. This is what this is what soup. <laughs> I don't think I want necessarily soup sliced in half. All right, and uh, then we have. Oh, wow. Uh, oh. A corn dog? Corn dog and a... Uh, uh, oh, a drumstick? One drum of those drumsticks? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. Those actually look pretty good. Yep. And uh, some chicken fingers there. And uh, what is that? Mashed, mashed potatoes, potatoes. gravy. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, then you have jelly donuts and, uh, and a coffee. latte or something. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, God, I want That's that donut. pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> then you have a uh, bag of cereal. That's a cool picture. being poured in. Mm. That is a cool picture. Uh, then somebody sliced in half a uh, giant turkey. Yeah, it's a stuffed turkey. So that's what that stuffed looks like turkey. inside, huh? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like that we just went doubled up on the ice cream. And here. you got a Neapolitan ice cream with fudge sauce being Oh, God. Where's the Neapolitan ice cream? Oh, my God. Thank you. Yeah, a popcorn oh. sliced in half looks like popcorn. It does I, look like uh, popcorn. You know. And soda looks like soda. Soda. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, is that ramen noodles? Noodles sliced in half look like noodles. Yeah, they do. I've, I've found Except now. a lot of the noodles are sliced in half. And then eggs sliced in half. That's cute. Yeah, I mean, I, I, hard-boiled eggs sliced in half look like hard-boiled <laughs> eggs sliced in half because that's a lot of times how you eat them. <laughs> Not a huge innovation. <laughs> so there wasn't too many revelations no, there. No, really. no, I will say that it's kind of cool, but uh, great cool. pictures. But I, you know, I don't know that the ramen noodles are just ramen noodles cut in half. <laughs> Uh, which it's a, yeah, it's a weird thing to do for Business Insider. Hey, let's cut food in half and show people what it looks like. Well, it looks like it 
did anyway. Yeah, kind of. most um, of the time. The, the one of the soda cut in half really looks like soda. soda. I mean, almost identical to yeah. soda. And the eggs cut in half, not that unusual. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. All um, right. All right. So, Jeffy, have we decided yet where our Kenny Rogers Roasters is going? <laughs> <clears throat> oh, yeah. We're going to put it right outside this room. Would it be, I, Why would we have to walk clear out of the room to get it? I think it needs to be in the corner of this room. In one of the corners. Okay. All right. <laughs> by the way, this half hour brought to you by Kenny Rogers Roasters, now available in Southeast Asia, where Jeffrey and goes on odd vacations for some long parts. periods of time and doesn't discuss what he does. <laughs> With good reason. <laughs> With good reason. But you some do parts of the California, too. Yeah, some, there's some in California, but it's all it's owned by a, 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 a chain a company that uh, is based out of Southeast Asia. Okay, so Malaysia-based group. Yeah, they bought okay. the rights and then have opened a few here in America. That's too bad. Too but, bad. Too yeah, bad for Kenny. Kenny had a tough goal. Where'd you go, Kenny? Where'd you come back? Please? Where have you come gone, back. Kenny? Still talking Kenny Rogers Roasters for some reason. Because <laughs> we're overweight and we like food too much. It was such a good chain. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not that huge into fast food, although uh, Chick-fil-A, I have to make an exception. I believe uh, Taco Bell. maybe um, a little earlier today. Uh, there was a Chick-fil-A appearance. Might, might have been an girl. appearance. Um, we, used to, we, we used to do paid appearances. That was the deal. Um, mm -hmm. When you're in radio, when you're especially in local radio, you do paid appearances all the time. Now we pay to make appearances <laughs> yes. at places like Chick-fil-A. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but Kenny Rogers Roasters was awesome. And it was, it was everywhere. And then, so Jeffy's been doing the research on this. And apparently there were 445 of them. Yeah, it looked like they got Kenny up to got about... involved in some sort of lawsuit with Cluckers. Cluckers sued Kenny. For what? Saying that he stole their uh, recipe. Did he? Okay. Did he? The lawsuit continued until Roasters purchased a majority stake in Cluckers in 1994. Wow. So Cluckers sued him, and he, Kenny finally just bought him out. Okay. Right? Bought yeah. a majority stake. Says, stop suing me. We'll just go together. And they got, uh, between Kenny and this brown guy who, was, who had owned Cluckers, they expanded to 425 wow. restaurants. That was racist. Okay. Yeah. And... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I, I do right. want to say I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. So and then, and then he sold his his interest to the uh, Malaysia-based group. And then they drove it into the ground. No, they. No, then the gone. company entered Chapter 11 in 1998. I mean, they just sold it all, and finally, they uh, they had one open in California, which. Uh, was that still on their website, the Ontario Ontario Mills Mall in Ontario, California? And what time uh, or what year did, this, did that open? We lost it. We lost it, oh, too? Already? We lost it. Wow, the whole stinking yeah. thing so is it's, gone. It's funny because that was the kind of the premise of the Seinfeld episode 
which was it opened in New York. It was a mm -hmm. big deal. Everyone wanted it all the time. They became obsessed with it. And then there was an issue. I, I think it was in that in the episode. It was the sign was too bright for the apartment buildings nearby, if I'm yeah. remembering right. And then uh, it closed down sh stunningly in a quick way. And it all of a sudden, it was just gone. It was gone. And it was like, that's exactly what happened to the chain. Like, it yeah. came up out of nowhere. It became yeah. this huge thing. And then all of a sudden, it was just gone. So, Seinfeld. Pretty much. Uh, his Pretty history. much. Wow. Uh, all right. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Glenn has a brand new book out today. Yeah. Uh, and it is titled, It Is About Islam. And last we should, night... We should just quickly be clear. This is Glenn's book. Yes. Mm -hmm. Entirely. Glenn, we had Glenn Beck separately writes books on his own, uh, separate from our show, mm -hmm. uh, where we work with him on the show. Mm -hmm. uh, he writes books solely on his own. In fact, we have not only nothing to do with this book, but haven't even read it, barely even recognized the cover. Just want to put that out there to anyone who might be watching. <laughs> okay. Uh, so last night on his show, Glenn warned, uh, warned us how we are going to be held accountable if we don't stop true evil, like the ISIS sex slave trade. Uh, and, I mean, if we can't just stand up against that, what can we stand up against? Here's what he said last night. And it was a year ago that we first met them when they made their dramatic headlines as ISIS chased them out of their villages, brutally killing and torturing anyone who wouldn't conform. Well, now, a year later, our silence is being thrown into our faces. We are learning now the extremely disturbing details of a horror which we only saw from afar and tried to believe that maybe it wasn't so bad. We are going to be held accountable. Interviewers from the New York Times sat down with 21 women and girls who have recently escaped the Islamic State. Thousands are still in captivity, and according to these survivors, it is worse than anyone could have imagined. For the Yazidis, life used to be peaceful, simple, straightforward. They didn't have any enemies, and so they had no idea what was coming. They were just going about their normal daily chores and routines when the ground suddenly began to rumble. Something approached in the distance. There was an anxious calm as onlookers peered into the horizon and their worst fears were confirmed when automatic gunfire pierced the air. The cities had no enemies, but they really don't have any friends either, and so they fled alone for their lives, running frantically, dust billowing, clouding their vision. Terrified children rushed to find mom and dad. Many never found them. Others only found what was left of mom and dad. The men were singled out for slaughter, but the women, including young girls, were rounded up and captured bound and gagged and mercilessly thrown into vehicles all because of this they came to and they awoke in a living nightmare girls as young as nine were held along with many teenagers they were told of their fate they were told you'll be raped this is part of their worship They were now personal sex slaves of the ISIS fighters. And the fighters justified their actions because their holy Quran told them they could do it. 
I want to show you a videotape. We don't we don't have videotape of the of the uh, of the slave trade here in America. But we now have videotape that we can watch of the slave trade happening today. Slave market day. Watch. They told the girls that this was their religious duty. They said they had to do this so they could get closer to Allah. The New York Times reports before the rape of the nine-year-old girls, they pray. Not the girls, the men. They pray and then they violently abuse these girls so horribly on the young girls that it does severe and lasting damage. Nine-year-old girls, they're raped multiple times a day by Six fighters, six grown men, but they pray. They can quote the Koran. They can show you right in the Koran where it says they're allowed to do this. Some of the girls are burned with cigarettes. The pain and trauma so great many girls can no longer speak. Some girls have dug down deep to muster the strength and courage just to utter a few words. Quote, what you're doing to me is wrong and it will not bring you closer to God. Those words were met with more unspeakable depravity. It's one thing if I tell you a story and it's an isolated incident. But this is systematic, exactly the way it was in Nazi Germany, systematic, brutal torture. An entire network of warehouses devoted to this evil. We know where they are. We're just choosing not to do anything about it. Women are herded through viewing rooms like cattle. They're inspected and marketed. And we, in our arrogance, talk about the abuses that happened 150 years ago. Shame on us. They are then shipped off into buses where they can start their new life as a sex slave. And all of it justified and fueled by their holy book. It's their interpretation of their faith. But it is their faith nonetheless. The loudest voices against this barbaric death cult should be those in mainstream Islam who claim that those waging violent jihad have distorted their religion. But those true voices are silenced. Why? Because this book says they have to be silent.
we keep asking, where is the voice of Islam? May I ask you a frightening question that maybe somebody else will ask? Where is the voice of the Christians? We ask that question to condemn Islam. Where are the Muslims? Where are the Christians? I, uh, just so you know, there are no excuses for us. There are no excuses for us. Because they have begged for our help. Watch. Here in the studio, I have three uh, networks that I can watch. One, the top one is The Blaze, then I have Fox News, and then I have MSNBC. While we're playing that, I am seeing a financial analyst talking about housing prices in America. MSNBC has heat wave in America. Good God, who the hell are we? Did you hear that woman's voice? I had a meeting earlier today with somebody on my staff, and he said, the things you're saying now, Glenn, are not popular. And I said, I know that. And you know what? Trump is popular. Trump is popular. Because Trump is saying, get him. Bernie Sanders is popular. You know why Bernie Sanders is popular? Because Bernie Sanders is saying socialism. I'll do all of the work. I'm not saying either, any of those. We're seeing the work of evil play out right now before our eyes. And evil is flourishing. And we're pointing to Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump as saviors. 
right, uh, Business Insider has 11 movies you have to see this fall, or we'll track you down like a dog and kill you dead. Mm -hmm. Is actually the name of it. It's a long title. It's yeah, too long. long. Too, too long. Too I think long. so. I think so, too. Uh, some of it is parenthetical, but it's still <laughs> part of the title, you know. Uh, the, big, the big one is, and, and, you know, I don't know how many of these there's going to be, but apparently a lot. Another Steve Jobs movie oh, geez, called Steve Jobs, The Man in the Machine. So we had the one with Ashton Kutcher in it, right? He, that didn't yeah. do much. Uh, and, and now and we've this got this one. With this guy in it. Uh, who is this guy? Uh, let's see. This guy is uh, filmmaker Alex Gibney follows up his uh, film on Scientology, Going Clear. Did you see that, Going Clear? No. Uh, it was on HBO. Is it um, good? Yeah, it was pretty good. It was interesting. I mean, it was very <laughs> anti-Scientology. Well, yeah. Um, it guessing. certainly was not. Uh, uh, you know, they would have certainly, I'm sure, their side of this story as well. But it was pretty interesting. I mean, you know, as a guy who's not a Scientologist, I don't know. I, I always feel weird about trying to these things that go into religions and try mm -hmm. to dissect them. And I know mm -hmm. everyone bashes Scientology, and I'm, I'm not mm -hmm. a Scientologist by any means, but, mm -hmm. I, I, like, we've mm -hmm. seen this happen with other faiths. And I don't, uh -huh. and you see, Pat has mm -hmm. definitely seen it happen with other faiths. Mm -hmm. It's kind of an annoying process. Of well, course you can go they, in and pick apart some religion sure like you, you understand it. It's it, not, you know. If you don't know what's going on, if you don't uh, understand, if you start at the end and don't know anything that leads up to it, yeah. Then it's gonna. All religion sounds bizarre right. if you do that. I mean, I, I can make anybody's religion sound pretty weird. Right, just the stories anybody's. that everybody knows from the Bible: walking on water and, right. and apples being eaten by people that changed the course of humanity, and uh -huh. you know, like all of these things are not easily understandable if you don't understand the context so and what it means. When you hear about things like. Okay, Zenu or whatever right. the guy's name is, who's a billion years old and right. he dropped all these thetans on the earth or whatever happened. He blew, I think he blew up a nuke a billion years ago, mm -hmm. and now that's infect. So these thetans now infect everybody who lives here. Okay, I mean, yeah, that sounds weird to me, but uh, I mean. Yeah, and like it's not that you can't go in. Uh, you know, look, Glenn's got a book about uh, Islam. It's out today. Uh, it is about Islam, and mm -hmm. you know, he's of course, you know, he's not jumping into this, uh, you know, like he doesn't know. He's going, and he has a lot of uh, scholars and everything else that have worked on the book. But it's like you could sit there. It's not that you can't look at a religion and try to understand it and say, here are the things that I like about it. Here are the things that I don't like. Mm -hmm. But when you kind of try to jump in uh, from ground zero, like something, you know, like we're, we're going clear, I, I just, I feel like I, it, it, can, it can be unfair. It's not that you can't do it. It's not that it's not important for outsiders to look at it because that is important. You know, people like, you know, there've been cults, people who, you know, Jim Jones, like did outsiders look at that and, and, and make judgments on it? Were they right? They yeah, they probably yes. were. So it's not like you can't do it, but like right. you have to go into it with, with a little bit of a, a, you know, maybe take it with a grain of salt, like make sure you understand that maybe you don't get the whole picture um, but it's important still to, to do that. You have to do those examinations. Um, so it w I will say this. It was, it was interesting to watch. Part of what was interesting to watch about Going Clear was not necessarily the ins and outs of Scientology and Xenu and all that stuff, because that was in there as well, and it was, it was interesting. But just the life of this guy. You know, you're looking at the life of L. L. Ron, Ron Hubbard, Hubbard. How, uh, you know, he, he basically went on the run around the world because he didn't want to pay taxes, um, at least that was the way mm -hmm. they you know, portrayed it in the movie. But he was just on a boat, like, with yeah. no home for years at a time. 
um, floating around in international waters. I mean, it was just his life. Was he really? a, he's an interesting character. Yeah, I mean, at least according to this to this uh, documentary. Yeah. And they had, by the way. But, this is a totally separate issue, but, you know, we all have, like, the new thing is drones, and they're talking about banning drones and drones. They had the most unbelievable footage of the Scientology headquarters yeah. in Clearwater. Clearwater, Florida. Um, now, look, you can walk by the Scientology headquarters, but, like, to get the angles these guys got, they just had these drones, probably $300 drones, floating up, getting real close to the building. Shots these guys would never allow oh, them no to way. take. And you know they were pissed off about it. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of an amazing mm-hmm. thing that now with drones, you can get, for $300, shots that would have cost, you would have had to rent a helicopter to get these shots mm-hmm. 20 years ago. Uh, and, the, you know, just the way that this is, they're cutting budgets of these film companies is kind of amazing. I mean, yeah. they were really amazing shots. And the Scientology people are <clears throat> really good at uh, promoting themselves and really strong at paying attention. And I was in Tampa Bay for a number of years, and any time that you said anything, did the stories about Scientology, I mean, the lady that was in charge they're of their promotions, you. she would call me. They're coming for you. Hey, uh, Jeff, I noticed you guys uh, talked about uh, that story in the newspaper. We'd like to come out and make sure that we get our side told. <laughs> now, most of the time, you know, I mean, sometimes I'd like that. Yeah, that's great. Let's hear it. But yeah. other times, it's like, no, we just did the story. We didn't say anything bad or good about it. Yeah. But, right. I mean, they're on it, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was yeah. the, that was kind of the story of, like, they showed. They, had, they, they pulled, like, all these, like, you know, uh, secret conferences. Not secret conferences, but, like, private conferences, right? I mean, it wasn't like, yeah. it, like mm-hmm. the conferences, though, they're not, like, releasing online. And they had copies of them. And, man, it was, what a spectacle. I mean, they spent a fortune. And a lot of these people who were really high level in the organization, like number three in charge, who had left the organization now and was commenting on it. I mean, they had real high level type people, but were really critical of the way it had, it had been run. Even though they mm-hmm. necess- they believed it in general, they didn't like the way yeah, the church like had the been that, run. Yeah. They, whoever the guy is who took over, his name, though. the cabbage or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The cabbage, they don't. They don't. They don't. A lot of people in the organization didn't like the guy. At least that was the way it was portrayed in the movie. Well, that's Alex Gibney's uh, last movie, Scientology. This is his new one, Steve Jobs. Um, so this will be interesting too, because again, they promote um, Steve Jobs. They, they promote. They show his life in the way that. I, I think it, it kind of really happened in that they don't shy away from all the uh, nastiness that was Steve Jobs. I mean, he wasn't a, a super nice guy. Yeah, and if you don't know the backstory, he actually tried to get Glenn thrown off of Fox News. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. Act- <laughs> Bizarrely, that actually happened. He yeah. wrote a letter to Rupert Murdoch trying to get Glenn off of Fox News. This is according to... his book. One of the... What was what, the main... It's in his book. Yeah, it was, it was in his book, too, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. it was in his. Crazy. Yeah, so uh, that's one that comes out September 4th that I, I really would like to see. Even though I already saw the other one, I'd, I'd still like to the see it. The other one wasn't bad. Yeah, it was okay. Uh, then there's Dragon Blade, also coming out on September 4th. Already a box office sensation in China. Mm. Uh, action-packed uh, set in 48 B.C. Wait, is that John? 48 B.C. with Jackie Chan, John Cusack, that's and John Adrian Cusack. Brody. Yeah, yeah. That's a weird rule. I, I will say, I'm one for two here. I don't want to see the 48 BC movie. About no, that dragons. doesn't look that good, frankly. No. Uh, Jeffy, are you, what, what, how many, because I'll, I'll see the jobs thing. I think that'll be interesting. Yeah, I'll see, I'm probably, I'll see them all so far. This one, why yeah. not? This, yeah, this is a Jeffy this type one. of movie. Yeah. I yeah. feel like Jeffy would I'll like this. He named his kid after the Gladiator. I mean, true. Yes. He's going mean, so like to like this to be name. right up your alley. Sure. This one <laughs> on the 11th, September 11th. M. Night Shyamalan. I love the guy. Sixth Sense, we've talked about his movies. 
Um, I just saw something he had ex executive produced for television last night for the first time called um, uh, Wayward Pines. Really, really interesting. Really interesting. Uh, and uh, I've only seen three episodes, but uh, it's, re it's really compelling so far. Um, this movie is called The Visit. Yeah, um, and I've heard really good things about it. You saw this, uh, one of our producers was saying he saw it last night. Is that right? You saw the visit? Really good. Oh, wow. good. Uh, they're saying that he redeemed himself. I've I heard can't believe After Earth was his. He redeemed yeah. himself. Jeez, that See, that's bad. the whole thing. Everybody thinks this guy is so great. Well, he is. Well, he is not. He's created. I think actually your sixth not sense was great. Flat out awesome. Uh, one of the best movies. One of my favorite movies of all time. We've gone through this list before. Yes. I, I know you didn't like Signs, if I remember right. Didn't. No. I like Signs. I really liked The Village, too. I liked The Village. Um, th I did. Like The Happening was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Horrible. Uh, absolutely <laughs> horrifically awful. But mm -hmm. uh, if you look at his career, and this is, we did a break yeah, on this yeah, stuff a while ago, he really hasn't had misses. As, as much as he's been a, a disaster um, like sort of the public persona has really he's been hurt his movies have made a lot of they money have. like I, all of them have even the ones that are considered complete disaster like the airbender one oh, yeah. uh, the last airbender or whatever I that was like, that like it was a kids movie right um, yeah. but yeah, it was it made a ton and he makes mm -hmm. a lot of movie over of uh, money overseas this is supposed to be people are saying that this is the one that brings him back he's probably, good he's yeah. probably an investor good. in kenny rogers roasters <laughs> he probably <laughs> is uh but this i will see i will see the uh the visit it's spooky thriller where he teams up with the producer behind Paranormal Activity and Insidious to create a mockumentary-styled thriller of two siblings visiting their grandparents. Now, is this mockumentary? It's not a comedy, is it, Andrew? It's, it's, it has, okay. mm. it's not funny. But sounds it's, great, though. Yeah. It's, it sounds really good. Mm. And uh, I, I think he's redeemed himself already with this uh, Wayward Pines. Mm. It's really good. Really? Really good. Yeah. And, you know... When you create a standard like the sixth sense right out of the box, people expect stuff out of you. Yeah, I know. That's hey. why we try to do really crappy <laughs> shows every day. Yeah. But we slowly, I don't know right. if you even notice this, every day is like 180th of a percent better than the day before. <laughs> so not, every day we're not like, sure which one that is, though. We don't, right. we don't want you to know. Yeah, like every once in a while, we'll just drastically drop the quality off for a couple <laughs> weeks just so to keep you honest. And then we'll slowly <laughs> build it back up. Because if we come out and we do a good show, you're, you're going to be like, hey, that, hey, every day. I, that show's really good. I can't wait to see it. And then you right. realize it's a disaster. <laughs> um, so we try to really crap it up uh, as often as possible. All right. Sure. Um, so let's take, uh, we, of course, rambled way too long. Let's, let's take way a break. Long. We'll come back with the rest of these movies because there's a lot of good ones. So far, I'm two of three wanting to see these. Yeah, me too. Um, but this is, this is what happens with the show. We had a list of 11 for this break. <laughs> Mainly because I was rambling on about, about Scientology. I apologize. Okay. Insider, 11 movies you, you have to see this fall. So far, we've gone over Steve Jobs' Man in the Machine, which sounds good. Comes out September 4th. So does Dragon Blade, which uh, I'm not interested in. And then M. Night Shyamalan, The Visit. Yeah, big. Sounds really good. Yeah, I'm really excited about that one. It looks really good. Also, we've got uh, eight more that mm -hmm. you have to see. Yeah, apparently. Or they're going to drag you outside and beat you with You're clubs. really not going to have a time to go to work this uh, fall. No. You're going to have to just go and see movie after movie after movie. Yeah. Um, including Everest uh, comes out September 25th. A lot of big stars in that. I think we did the docu uh, the uh, trailer of this a few weeks ago. I think so. Uh, looks really good. Jake Gyllenhaal. 
uh, Josh Brolin, John Hawks. Uh, they were uh, an actual true story of a, a doomed climb of Mount Everest in 1996. Uh, so I, I, how many times have you climbed Everest? Four. Four. Jeffy? I started uh, climbing it uh, three times. Uh, didn't, I never didn't, made it to the summit. Didn't quite get it. No, I never made it to the summit. Other people let us down, I, and we couldn't get there. I only uh, made the summit really. three out of the four times. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Hmm. yeah. Fell down a crevasse one one time. Uh, I'm, a, I'm more of a K2 type of guy. Really? <laughs> Personally. Okay. That's really? Yeah. Well, you know. You want, yeah, you want the, the, easy, their own. the easy way? Uh, you know, I don't Whatever. know. A lot of people say it's a more difficult climb. <laughs> I mean, it may not be as high, but it's a more difficult climb. Whatever. I mean, you know, you whatever. Guys can take the, you know, whatever. You know, why not take, take a helicopter next time? Uh, uh, your yeah. little Everest climbing. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll sort this out later. Uh, the intern with Robert De Niro, which I think we've also previewed on this show, uh, Anne Hathaway's in it, Robert De Niro's in it. Yeah. He's a widower, fed up with retirement, and uh, it's the old uh, uh, Vince Vaughn movie. No, it's yeah. not. That was the internship. Older Vince Vaughn Once squared. So we've gone through five movies. I want to see three of these, three of the five. Yeah. You on the same? Jeffy, about, about you the same. Uh, yeah. Jeffy can't I could count. maybe go to the De Niro thing, too. Yeah, yeah I know. I, 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 could know. See, I could see myself at that movie. Yeah. I could see I, myself see, watching this movie. I don't know that it's at the theater, though. Yeah. Here's what I think about that movie. I come back uh, one Friday and realize <laughs> I have tickets already to it. And I didn't know it. Right. And then I'm there. Yeah, you could, yes. That's the type of thing I feel like happens with that. Or movie. you go to see The Visit and it's sold out. Mm. So you're like, okay, let's go to The Intern. Whatever. <laughs> that could happen. I can see that. Mm -hmm. uh, 99 Homes. Is that the next one we're up to here? Uh, based on true events, Andrew Garfield plays a father determined to get uh, the house back that he and his family were evicted from. Goes and works for a real estate broker, broker who kicked him out. Hmm. That's this movie. Never heard of that. This looks like more like a mob movie. Yeah, it sure does. Doesn't look like a real estate movie. And it's a real. Is there such a thing real as a story? Is there such thing yeah. as a real estate movie? I, I guess. <laughs> Apparently, I guess so. now well, there is. Be careful, the real estate, uh, the real estate mafia. Did you guys bad. know that uh, you have to be licensed to be a real? That's why the real estate mafia is bad. Mm -hmm. Did you also know that only a realtor can be a member of the National Association of Realtors? I've always wondered that. Can a janitor be, for no. example, no. a no. member of the national? He could not. Okay. Teacher? No. 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 No, Only a realtor. A, a neurosurgeon. Ben Carson could no. not get into he that. He could not. No, he could no. not. Only he realtors could not. can be members. That's what this movie's about. <laughs> pissed. How about the Martian? That is one of the weirdest taglines of all. <laughs> Only realtors can be members of the National Association of Realty. Well, Who would want well, to be outside I mean, of... That's what I would expect. Is that, like, unusual? <laughs> I think it's because you can sell your house without a realtor. Yeah, and they don't yes. like the ideal, the idea that people would want to do that. Could yeah, um, right. And by the way, right. I also don't like the idea because I know I would screw something up and probably wind up losing the money and the house. Yeah, so but you I, save yourself six percent. Right, I know. I just it's one of those things that they've. It's like two month salary for a diamond. Why? I don't know. They told me so. Mm -hmm. So you know what? Why do you need a realtor? You know what? They told me so, and I've bought the propaganda. <laughs> I don't care if it's true right. or not. But I'm so intimidated by the process. I need people. Yeah, like realtors, and yeah. they do a good job. I like and them. there's something to that. Yeah. So. Uh, the Martian is next up on October 2nd. Uh, Ridley Scott goes back to space, and it's based on an Andrew Weir novel of the same name. Matt Damon plays astronaut Matt uh, Mark Watney, who's presumed dead and left behind on Mars. Oh, yeah. This is based on a true story. We saw happened. the trailer to this, I think. <laughs> Wait, yeah, this happened back in 1993. Well, uh, I don't think... Uh, based on a true program. story? Based on a true yeah. story, yeah. Based I, on a true story that didn't happen. I don't think... No. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Watney now must figure out how to survive long enough to contact Earth. Mm. I, I saw a preview of this Yeah, somewhere. we did. We watched it. I think you and I watched this preview yeah. or something. Because it looked like it would be worth a watch. It looked, 
It yeah, looked it good. A, it was on yeah, the Pat Stu program. They think he's dead for a long, long time. I love those guys. Then he finds a way to contact them yeah. because he's brilliant. Yeah. And, and then they come for him, I guess. So, The Martian. Mm. <laughs> Uh, how about the walk? This looks great too. Um, uh, this is uh, on the the tightrope uh, the, across the World Trade Center. Oh, yeah, we've been Center hearing about this for a long time. Well, there was a big documentary on this years ago, um, but now it's going to be interesting. Uh, actually, because because I wa- it was called Men on Wired. I think it won a bunch of awards. I tried to watch it one time, and it just I don't know. It didn't grab my attention. No. But that looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. They didn't have that shot in the documentary. Uh, And you can see, of course, uh, it's also weird just because it's the World Trade Center. Yeah. Uh, Just looking at that. It just makes it sad. Yeah, it really is depressing. Um, How about uh, Bridge of Spies? This is uh, Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, uh, Cold War drama around 1960 incident in which Soviet Union uh, shot down the U-2 plane. Yeah, this looks good. This looks real good. Uh, Good good trailer on this one. So I I don't know if we saw every good moment in the movie, but it looks great. Yeah, it it did look really good. And uh, that's coming out on October 16th. Also that day, Crimson Peak. uh, It's a latest thriller set in a house with many secrets. Uh, I can tell you this. When you you give me a period piece uh, vibe, I'm out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that about you. Out. I have noticed This movie that. has already won the Academy Award yep. for Best Costume Design. Right. It's already won probably and 12 it's awards. it's nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. <laughs> and I will not be there. Just based I on think... that photo, it's nominated for Best Picture. Like, yes. I can't tell you how fast I run from a movie that has a picture that like this in it. And you know what? It's probably great. But I just, I don't care. Well, I don't want to hear them with their fancy language. So I you don't, don't want their fancy clothes. Emma? You don't like Emma? No. Oh, my like God. That one of my favorite movies. It's a great movie. I, when I say I don't like it, in Cry, a million Cry, years I would never go see it. So you've never seen it? Never seen it. Well, you don't have to go see it. It's on right. yeah, well, everything. I, well, you have to go and go like this. Yeah, you do. And I don't want to do that. You don't want to do that? No, okay. I, not interested. Pride and Prejudice? No. Sense and Sensibility? No. Room with a View? No. See, those are movies that remains of the day. Those are movies that happen to be on my screen from time to time as I walk by. And okay, yeah, okay. look, I I feel like the older the movie goes, the mm-hmm. less I'm in. Like I'm really interested in movies uh, from 1900 on. Like you you put on a 1940s movie about World War II, I'm fully in. But like Civil War, eh. Revolutionary War, even, yeah. Then it gets older. You start going to like 300, and you start going to uh, the 12th century. I'm, That's what I'm totally in. I'm out completely. I'm totally in. If it's mi- medieval, history. I'm totally in. Yeah, I'm not into totally that at all. In. Like, I if gotta, it's 1920, I'm totally out. Look, here's my rule. Care. If you don't have electricity, screw you. That's my rule on movies. <laughs> if you don't have electricity, okay. screw off. All right. It's a weird line, but it's, it where, it's pretty much where... <laughs> Where I am. It is. It's, I, I'm just one of those guys who just really likes electricity in movies. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I'm, I'm, I'm discovering this Fair as enough. I talk about it, but mm-hmm. I think it's kind of true. Like, I don't really, like, I mean, I, I can watch movies, you know, like uh, from the 1900s, but like, you go before that, I, I'm pretty much, like, I watched, uh, you know, The Patriot, Mel Gibson, right? That was him. Wasn't mm-hmm. it? Wasn't that The Patriot? Yep. Like, I, I enjoyed it, but like, I don't have, I don't, I don't have passion for those movies. Like, Braveheart. Braveheart, like exactly, like I, Braveheart was good, but it's, never, it's not one of my favorite Braveheart movies. Braveheart really was really good. Gladiator, not oh, one of my favorite movies. Movie. You oh, named your on. kid after the movie. I didn't name him after the movie. I didn't name my kid Gladiator. What was the Gladiator's name in the movie? Maximus. What's your child's name? Maximus. Thank you. 
<laughs> I, think, I think I won that one. <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure I won that one. Okay, uh, should we do, uh, what's the, what are we up to now? Uh, Beasts of No Nation, is that where we are? Yeah. Okay, last one I think on the list. Uh, yes, the last one. A it's, uh, we did? Yeah, we missed, a couple, missed the Whitey Bulger one. No, we didn't. We didn't miss any of them. Not okay. on our list, but okay. I mean that is another movie coming out. All right. so, yeah, Thanks. We have eleven movies. Jeffy wants to talk about the twelfth one. Uh, this is um, oh, a guy who uh, directed uh, True Detective the first season, which apparently is a giant line. People liked the first one and did not like the second one, which I have not seen either. Uh, it's a guy in a mercenary group uh, in a civil war in an unnamed African country. Again, since it is in the nineteen hundreds or two thousands, I'm in. That's my new line. <laughs> there you go. I did not know this existed until the this electricity. Moment. Do they have like civil war in an unnamed African country? I'm out. See, like I, that to I'm me is not, interesting. Like Lord of War is one of my yeah. favorite movies that I've talked no, no. about before, which is uh, great. You lost me on that one. Triple eight seven two seven back. More Pat and Stew coming up in a second. I mean, if you need a candle in a movie, mm-hmm. I'm gone. I'm gone. Um, you know, if you need to, any movie with a lion in it? Was it? I'm not interested. Yeah, okay. Triple eight seven twenty seven. Beck is the phone number. Welcome back, Pat and Stu show. Uh, Jeffy, thank you. It's good to be here. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, uh-huh. I wish I was glad too, but I'm not. Jeffy, uh, <laughs> is this Jeffy the reason for that? Yes. Mm, so. Yes. I have to look directly at him. That's sad. Yeah. That's sad. Jeffy, uh, Jeffy has a family, uh, but also does enough. a lot of online dating. And uh, mm-hmm. now here on Tinder, OkCupid, Match.com, Christian Mingle, and JDate. All at the same time. Okay. And? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> we're kind of... <laughs> are you on FarmersOnly.com? By the way... FarmersOnly. Are those, <laughs> are those oh, yeah. one? the most unbelievable? You've never seen I haven't seen, farmers only. I haven't seen yeah. Farmers Only. All right, got to do a segment tomorrow on FarmersOnly.com. As long as you take a picture by a tractor, you're in. These? Really? Commercials. I. It's like they did the Mentos thing where they tried to make them intentionally horrible. Hopefully they're not advertisers. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> oh. Because this would actually be a really good place, I would assume, to advertise farmers, farmers only. And I, it yeah. may be the greatest site in the world. I just can't believe how bad the ads are. So you have to be a farmer. Apparently, you have well, to be to a farmer. To get together and date well, another person. you got to understand, sometimes when you go on these, these dating sites, Pat, you get mm-hmm. these city folk. Oh, I hate that. And I don't, I don't want, want city, city folk. folk. I want someone who's out there working with their hands in, in a farm. <laughs> well, in manure. In I particular, want, I want a woman you that want smells like somebody that smells like summer. cow crap. But w- when you go out <laughs> on a date, but they, they have this really weird theme song, uh, the Farmers Only theme song. Uh-huh. Uh, y- you have to farmers be- only. We want you smelling like poop. <laughs> it's kind of like that. Is? Yeah, see, like FarmersOnly.com, city folks just don't get it. And I happen to be a city folk, apparently. Uh, I mean, I I don't get I don't get the commercials. <laughs> Am I the only person who's seen them? I feel like. Oh no! Oh, you've seen them? Okay, because I feel like they're all over the place. Like, uh, and and they're really awkward and like filmed like on someone's like home video recorder. It looks like mm. I feel like they're doing it intentionally. It can't. I can't be. wait to see them. Okay, tomorrow can we do this, uh, yeah. Andrew? Can we do this tomorrow for I'm Pat and Stu, uh, a farmers only dedicated segment to discuss the inner workings of this particular website? Because I I would love. And if you're on the website tomorrow's the day to call. I want to hear your experience because I I don't. Is there an equivalent? Like, J-Day to Christian Mingle. Okay, you're part of a religion. Okay. This is, you work at a specific job? Like, is there a accountant date? 
Like, I, not that I know I of. I don't think so. It's just, it's really interesting. Not that I know of. It's interesting. Okay. I, I, there is a paperboy.com uh, where you have to be a paperboy or girl in really? order to. <laughs> really? Up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know yeah, that. So it's kind of weird. But uh, but this, we, we got an online, like 1960s online dating. Yeah, what was it like then? Kind of thing? In those days. Uh, probably different. Here's a look. I came to Harvard in the fall of 62, and I was amazed at the place. What were the girls like? The freshmen were in such demand that the upperclassmen took them out, and they very rarely went out with freshman boys. Jeff was uh, a roommate. We had a large number of colleges around here, and so we went to various mixers. If you wanted to do something outside of class over the weekend, uh, it depended on where you lived and who could borrow a car. It wasn't really popular or even acceptable at the time for uh, people to meet at bars. Geography was a big issue. Really I would uh, have the limited pool, and there were a limited number of women at Penn. So the opportunities to meet women if you just stayed on campus were close to nil. I remember hmm. they took us on a bus up to, say, like Lehigh or Lafayette, and you got off the bus, and you walked into where the party was, and it's like the cattle are coming in, and they're checking out the cattle. <laughs> it was so bad. Uh, yeah. And we were looking at them, too, of course, like cattle as well. Thank but you. This is not a normal way to meet people. Okay, oh, wow. so that's what that's what dating used to be like in the 1960s. I'm fascinated if this is ESPN films. Yeah, too. isn't that weird? Uh, it's oh, it's very strange. Strange, strange um, film. A little that. bit more here uh, from uh, ESPN films. It's called Operation Match. Maybe it was January or something, but it was my senior year. And I think they put those things in our mailboxes, those flyer to apply. If you were interested in trying something new, send $3 to this post office box and you could be involved in this new exciting thing to find your ideal match. All right, well, so the machine is going to do what your, you know, your, your aunt would do for you, right? And so we had the idea that let's have the questions answered twice, once for you and once for your ideal date. And once they answered, they folded up the envelope, it sealed, we had uh, postage paid, they put it in the, in the mail. We opened it, took it to a place where it would be key punched and read into the computer. Hmm. The first thing we did was to make sure they were in the same area. Most of the girls wanted to go out with boys their age or older, their height or taller, the same religion. And so a after we had these cuts, then we just kind of randomly ma matched them. You would get back a letter in the mail and it would have printed out on it names of people of the opposite sex, and you got to call the person up, but it wasn't a cold call. You could say, hey, the computer put us together. <laughs> that's a really interesting. Wow. That's fantastic. Wow, that's a crazy. Huh. I mean, in the 60s, that they yeah. were this uh, kind of far They almost the did have yeah. online dating, because they, yeah. they put all this... You know, all they were selling ads, little tiny ads in newspapers all around the country. <laughs> tiny classified ads from my one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> Plus, they they matched them on twenty-eight dimensions of compatibility, <laughs> like eHarmony, yeah. and they put it into the computer, yeah. spit it out, and got people together on that. Yeah, it's That's, interesting. Yeah, uh, one more little clip here from uh, Operation Map. There was, of course, a kind Mesh. of mystique about the computer mm -hmm. back then. 
it had a legitimacy that maybe your buddy Tom or your girlfriend Sarah would not have in saying, oh, this is the perfect girl or the perfect guy for you. The computer was much smarter. They said that if the computer matched us, there must be some reason we were matched. And they would spend days finding out the reason, and uh, then they got to know each other. The initial income from it was something like $24,000. It cost about $3,000 to go to Harvard. We went national and engaged about student agents at mm. campuses all over the country. Wherever there were colleges enough to have a population where it would work, we had a representative who would be trying to do the same thing. And of course, if one person in a dorm got hold of it, that meant that everybody got hold of it. It grew exponentially. Oh, yeah. And uh, the rest is history. That's I mean, really interesting. That's like, that's like MySpace, the beginning of MySpace yeah. and Facebook. Well, Facebook, that. yeah. I mean, that one really, it, it seems like Facebook is a real, because uh, that's what happened with it. It was just in colleges, and then all, it was only in a couple colleges, and then it grew and grew and grew. And I remember hearing about it, and all of a sudden you could sign up if you weren't at a college. That was like a yeah. big deal. Kind of kind of an interesting history there. The rest is history. What history? What what did they, what was it? How, how did, what happened? It turned into. It Tinder. It turned into Tinder. It turned into Tinder. Turned into Tinder. Same Tinder. people are running Tinder today. <laughs> Forty <laughs> years later, no, it I, became Tinder. I think the idea is it turned into online dating. Yeah, I mean, maybe. It, it essentially grew, and this, this concept. Did they get grew. wildly wealthy from that? Because if they're making twenty-four thousand yeah. just at Harvard, and then they went nationwide, they must have made some serious money, right? Yeah, yeah I guess so. Yeah, kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah uh, again, cool I, I ask, why is it ESPN Films? I this is a very can't figure that out at all. Very similar story to if you saw the uh, the thirty for thirty documentary they did on rotisserie ba- uh, baseball, which yeah. uh, how fantasy sports <clears throat> began. These guys created it in a restaurant that was called the rotisserie. That's why it's called rotisserie baseball. Uh, and it went through all this process, and they went they fought so hard to keep the name mm-hmm. um, that people just started calling it fantasy, and they got none of the money. Like it wow. grew into this multi-billion-dollar business, and they got zero out of it. That sucks. Uh, yeah, it sucks. It sucks. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to tell you about the space elevator. Ooh.